0: You're listening to The Secret Muse Society, where we pull out the things we keep hidden about ourselves. What are the secrets that actually hold us back from the connection we crave? And what happens when we tap into the inspiration we have to offer the world? I'm your host, Authenticity Coach, Karen Choi. Let's dive in together. Hello Muse, welcome back.
1: I have a bit of a pet peeve right now, and it is for an industry that I work in, the wellness industry, self-care. I kind of don't like the word self-care right now. I find it rather annoying. Maybe it is self-care fatigue. Maybe it is overuse of the word self-care. Maybe it's seeing the wellness industry actually taking advantage of People's need for self-care and capitalizing on it. Self-care, almost kind of shaming people for not taking care of themselves. It's just kind of gross. So this episode is about (laughs) self-care, but choosing a different way to look at it. As I like to do. You know me, changing perspectives, offering new ones in hopes that maybe this one will work for you better. This one really works for me. It works for my husband. It works for my clients. It works for my kids. Like we're not talking about self care. We're talking about making space for yourself. What does that even mean? Making space for yourself. So in this episode, I want to offer you some strategies, some tips, some ideas on how to make space for yourself as a muse you are a muse we call this the secret muse society podcast and so i think it's important to revisit what is the definition of a muse first and then we'll talk about why it's so important to make space for yourself as a muse how do you think about that all right so to be your own muse is to me the ultimate sense of personal empowerment let's go back into the history of where the muses came from In Greek and Roman mythology, the muses were nine goddesses who symbolized the arts and sciences. Do you remember the Disney movie Hercules? And they had a bit about the muses. That's where that's them. And these days, a muse is often considered a person who serves as inspiration to an artist. An energy force of ideas that leads to writing, painting, making music, general creating, and general still being sacred, creating. (laughs) Like, for example, Yoko Ono for John Lennon and Edie Sedgwick for Andy Warhol. These were the muses. That is one definition is a muse as a person. And then there's another definition of musing as a verb, something that you do or even a state of where you're at when you are doing a musing. (laughs) When you're in a state of deep thought or dreamy abstraction, you are musing. This is a podcast that is based on my musings. My newsletter is based on musing. It is deep thought, dreamy abstraction, turning ideas, mulling over concepts, connecting the dots, and sharing some observations to form opinions, to create new ideas, to trigger conversations. To build connection. <laughs> so to muse is to be absorbed thinking about something carefully for a long time. And it is a place of introspection, contemplation and examination. I have been musing about muses for a long time. That's how we got to this whole muse obsession. <laughs> and you, how I define this community and what we seek in life is wrapped around this word of a muse. I speak to you. You are my muse. I see you as a muse for yourself. I see you as a muse for the world. And you are this magical combination of all these meanings. The goddess, creative inspiration, and deep introspection. That's what makes up a muse. Muses embody divine beauty, you inspire through your creativity, your love, and communication. A muse listens with empathy that connects you with the world around you. A muse is an artist, and life is a muse's masterpiece. You are the artist and the masterpiece. You are the inspiration and the creator. Hey, did you know that the word inspire actually means to be in spirit. And inspire, inspiration is so closely tied to musings. And that's why I love this definition of being in spirit. When we are a muse, when we are musing, we are in spirit. Imagine that we are using our inner callings, our desires, curiosities, as your muse, as your inspiration. And when you're inspiring yourself and you're inspiring Others, you're inspiring the world around you. You are aligned with your spirit. You are aligned with the creator within you, without you, with all of us. When you are in spirit, you are in power. This is why muse is so powerful. And this is why I want you to see yourself as a muse. And this comes back to making space for ourselves. As muses, like, I don't know. I just, I don't really think that self care is that inspiring for the muse, but making space for inspiration to bubble up, for creativity to flow in and to flow out, for connection to be given and to be received, making space for that. (laughs) That is for the muse. So, how do we make space for ourselves? what does this really mean? Well, conceptually, making space for me is about, let's start with the inside out approach, right? Like let's talk about what is making space internally and making space externally. So external is easy to talk about because we could see it. Making space for you externally is like decluttering, right? Not having things around you that don't bring you joy, things that make you feel trapped, things that annoy you, things that just do not need to be around, so making space for yourself by decluttering, organizing actually allows you to like energetically grow and to breathe and just to settle right and it's the same thing for our internal space. We hold on to a lot of stuff, just like we do on the outside in our houses, in our closets, in our junk drawers. We have all those Closets, basements, junk drawers in our minds. Those thoughts that we really don't need. Those beliefs that those thoughts created that really aren't serving us. Like we've just put them into filing cabinets thinking that we're going to refer to them again sometime. Are we, th- I'm, I'm referring to things like past events that people hurt you and you're holding on to resentment and you're holding on to that one piece of information that you're going to bring out one day and just like put them in their place. Darling, we don't need that. Make space for yourself. Find space to forgive. Find space to let go. Find space to even sort through those thoughts and feelings and so that you can declutter. And what does it feel like to like sort through those thoughts and making space? Like a lot of us, I hear When I have discovery calls or even with my clients and friends and family, people say, you know, I just need space to be with my thoughts. That's a form of self care, but making space is so much more direct. It's like it already gives you a feeling and a sense and a goal of how to achieve that feeling of space. So I want to offer you a few very simple ways that I make space for myself and How making space for myself makes space for my family, my kids, my husband, my mother-in-law who lives with us, makes space for my parents, for strangers I meet on the street, makes space for unknowns and stresses that might come my way. How do I make space internally for holding space for others? Those big emotions, those really deep, hard feelings, those complicated webs of thoughts, making space for solving problems, making space for putting the puzzle pieces together, making space for dreams to come true. All that space to come alive. All right. Remember back in the day, there used to be these like little plastic Toys that we would get at the dollar store, and I went to the dollar store recently to look for one, and I couldn't find one, and I was disappointed because I really wanted to use it in a video to demonstrate. But there were these little tiles on a square plastic thing. They're called sliding tile puzzle, and if there were nine pieces, three rows of three, there would be one piece missing, so there would only be eight tiles, but nine spaces. And that space would allow you to shift things around so that you can move the other tiles and create the shape or the picture that it's supposed to be. Do you remember those sliding tile puzzles I'm talking about? That's what I'm talking about making space. You want to be making that ninth tile happen for you in your puzzle, whether it's your life, your mind, your home, your heart, your soul. Your schedule, you need to make space so that you have room to shift and move and make things fit into the right places for yourself. Are you picking up what I'm putting down with a slide tile puzzle? I love this analogy. And so when I make space, for example, in my head, in my emotional space, in my energy, then if My kids are having a hard day or my husband's having a hard day or they're having a lot of excitement and energy. I have space to hold in my puzzle for them. If I didn't have that space available to them, it would overload me. I wouldn't have a place to put it. I wouldn't have a place to carry it. I wouldn't have a place to receive it. So this is why making space for yourself is so important. Here are a few ways that I make space for myself and it's very very simple practices that you can do, I'll share with you four. The first one is recognizing my love languages. What are your top love languages? Do you know? Mine are, if you can guess, touch and quality time. And knowing that I need to be touched, I feel loved, I feel safe, I feel held when I'm touched. I have to speak that out loud. So that the people around me know that that fills me and I receive it with full gratitude and I sink into it and I love it and I appreciate it. So my husband, his top love language is acts of service and quality time. So he shows his love to me by doing things for me. For example, today, he, all my, what are these foam tiles called? Acoustic foam tiles that help to absorb the sound he taped them up for me. It looks terrible, but he made it work way better than I could have. And so that's his way of showing me he loves me. But he hasn't been around a lot for us to be touching. (laughs) And he's sleeping actually with the girls tonight because I'm in my bedroom podcasting right now. So we haven't really had a lot of touch time in terms of snuggling or hugging, or just being beside each other because we're both quite busy. And also, touch just isn't his love language. That's just not how he shows it. He's not a snuggly person. But you know who loves to snuggle? Etta Choi. And so I get all my love touch from her. So the way I make space for myself is speaking those love languages out loud and making sure that I have them. That I'm fulfilled through them. I'm satisfying those needs and also when I've had enough of it. It's funny because that seems to be like a filling thing. Now that I think about it, maybe receiving your love language isn't necessarily making space, but it really is. Like when you need something and that need is filled, it's not like you hold onto it into your body. The energy gets released because it's shared with the other person, or in that experience, or in that activity, that need is filled, and then it releases. And so there's space. Whereas the opposite, if the need wasn't filled, it would remain in me, like an empty cup. That empty cup would stay on the shelf in my body. (laughs) Whereas if my cup was filled with a love language, that cup would be taken out of the shelf in my body, it would be filled and would be given to somebody else. I like that. That's how I make space for myself on my inner shelves, I guess. <laughs> Another way I make space for myself is by doing only one thing at a time. I ditch multitasking as much as possible. For example, if you're a mom, a parent, or you work in an office, or actually if you're a human being living in this crazy distracted world, our attention is being pulled every which direction. And I personally find that really annoying and irritating because if I'm trying to work and then get into that focused state and someone comes and pulls me away from that focused state, it takes me 20 minutes or it takes me a lot of time to get back into it. And this constant pull and snapping back, pull and snapping back. I imagine like an elastic band. You're just constantly around your wrist. You're pulling it and snapping it, pulling it and snapping it. Every single time you get distracted, the elastic band is pulling away from your wrist. And then when you have to get back into your own work, it snaps back at your wrist and it hurts. It's painful. It's hard. I get really irritated by this. And so I really, really love and settle into any moment I can to do one thing at a time. I actually learned this from watching my mother-in-law making space for yourself. So for example, when she's cooking, she's not watching a show or listening to a podcast or listening to an audiobook. She is just cooking. She is chopping her vegetables in the present moment. She cooks. She stands there and watches things cook. She doesn't move away from the stove to do this, this and that. She's really present in the kitchen. So that influenced me to try this in so many other areas of my life, like emptying the dishwasher and just being very aware and present of moving things from dishwasher to cupboards. Or for example, when I go for a walk with Arlo, I don't listen to podcasts anymore or music. I'm really enjoying just being in tune and open to what's happening outside. I focus on my steps and feel the ground underneath me. What does it feel like for my feet in my running shoes? Am I noticing that I'm walking from the outside of my feet and rolling in? Am I walking a lot on my heels or am I putting more pressure on the balls of my feet? Like I'm really noticing. Actually, the Buddhist monk, Tik Nath Han. He has a walking meditation practice. And so I've been kind of emulating that. It feels really good. It's so satisfying just to listen to your steps. And in this silence, I can feel the ground. I can feel the tree's roots underneath holding all the soil and the grass together. I can hear Arlo's breathing and hear his nails. On the pavement, it kind of grosses me out, but it's also cute. (laughs) I look down and I notice details like bugs or water drops. I listen to the birds chirping in the trees. I tune into the city noise, not just immediately around me, but try to zone out to the city streets. And I look up at the reach of trees and looking at the change of the sky. I feel the sunshine on my face. All these really simple one activity, one thing at a time in the present moment gives me so much mental space and opens up so much emotional space too. Sometimes I find that I am overcome and I, I sigh or I cry or I smile. And much like the love language, right? You pull out a cup from your inner shelf, you fill it, and then you're able to give it to somebody else. It just makes me feel very connected to my body, the planet, the universe, to God, to our collective humanity, when I can do very mundane, simple things in silence, with awareness, observing my own thoughts and my feelings, the sensations in my body, to be open to receiving creative ideas. I really love that practice of making space. The third one is letting myself space out. And maybe that's what spacing out actually means creating space within yourself and within your mind. And I guess this really kind of ties in with the doing one thing at a time, but allowing myself to space out and just like daydream and not have to think about something in particular, just think about nothing. I don't know if that came from practicing meditation. Sometimes meditation is actually really hard for me to close my eyes and stay still, but I could sit down on the couch with a tea in my hand and just sit there and daydream and space out (laughs) and not think about anything except for the the hot cup of tea that I'm holding and sipping it. So I guess maybe that kind of ties back to doing one thing at a time and letting yourself space out. But this one, it's letting go of awareness, actually. It's letting go of mindfulness. It's just being. It's an ultimate state of rest for me. And then my final piece of, I guess, advice or an idea, giving your, making yourself some space is one thing that I do is I get my thoughts and feelings out either by journaling. I do morning pages where you write long form, freehand, three pages. That's the goal. You just fill three pages with whatever's going on in your head. And I also have been telling my husband in the moment what I'm thinking, no matter how ridiculous it might be. I can't think of an example right now. Oh yeah, I can. I could tell him the other day. I told him, and it still feels like a dirty secret, but we were talking about our dreams and what we're working towards. And I said, when I was a kid, I wanted to be famous. And I told him in that moment, I feel kind of ashamed for wanting to be famous. Is that egotistical? Is that weird? Is that, can that be me? And so I just tell him these random thoughts that I have or thoughts of, here's an embarrassing one. I sometimes have very body dysmorphic thoughts. When I look in the mirror, I don't see what he sees. And I tell him out loud what I see. And he's like, no, Karen, that is not, that's not you. And and just by saying it out loud... Make space within me because I don't have to hold those sentences. I don't have to hold those words. I don't have to hold those thoughts and feelings in my body. I can let them go by telling him. And he doesn't hold on to them either. He just receives them and throws them away, right? Like they don't, they don't really mean that much. We are not our thoughts and our feelings. We can detach from them. And that makes space in yourself. Those are four ways. Would you be willing to try making space for yourself? Instead of thinking of all these self care activities that you have to do to relax or to build resilience or to be more creative or to be less stressed or to be more successful, like self care. I don't know. It's become a whole monster and I'm kind of tired of it. Making space feels like freedom. Making space feels like a place to just be to float, to expand, or just to be quiet. It's just, making space just feels right for me. So if this feels right for you, Muse, and you're inspired by it, and you'd like to create some space for yourself, for your musings, for your inspiration to bubble up, see what you can create out of it, try it. Let me know how it goes for you. I would love to hear. Just choose one thing that speaks to you. Find me on Instagram or LinkedIn. Send me a message. Let me know how this episode resonates for you. I would love to hear from you. I'm still working on how we can come together as a community. Maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe I'm just afraid to make it happen. It will come in its right time. I trust that I'm going to go with creating that space from a confidence place, not from an ego place. And until then, Connect with me on the socials. I'd love to hear from you. So until next time, Muse, be in love, be in joy, and be inspired.
0: Thank you for listening to the Secret Muse Society. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you haven't yet, please go to Apple Podcasts to rate and review this podcast so other modern muses like you can find us too. I invite you to continue the conversation and connect with me on Instagram at karenchoy.co. Join me next week for more secrets inspired by you. I'm Karen Choi. Until next time, stay gold.